Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Scott Gibson Show. I am Scott Gibson. Who else would I fucking be? It is a joy, privilege, and a pleasure to be uh, speaking inside your ear holes uh, at this moment in time. Hope you're safe and well. How often have we said that in the podcast? Hope you're safe and well. Omicron is coming to kill us. Now, it's not actually going to kill you, although as we are recording this episode... Uh, I believe the first uh, person has died of Omicron in the UK. Omicron has claimed its first victim. I think the media can't make up their mind how terrified they want you to be of the new strain, or maybe the problem is the South Africans haven't received their hush money, and so they're now opening their mouths and causing fucking carnage amongst the uh, fear-mongering media outlets here in the UK. Uh, obviously, I start by saying, you know, to everyone who has lost uh, someone uh, because of COVID, COVID is real. Let's not pretend it's not. 
It has affected us all in many different ways. I, for one, uh, couldn't have Sky Television for two years because of COVID. Now, however, I was going to say although there, and it came out as hello. Um, Sky TV back in the house, and I feel like a grown-up once again. I know that it is uh, petty and silly of me. In uh, and, and, and a way, you're made to feel as though you cannot voice your concerns about things because obviously people are dying and there's problems in the world. But I didn't have Sky TV for two years and that was my fucking hellscape to live through, right? I had to have a fucking uh, dodgy fire stick and get my, my Sky Sports wired through Abu Dhabi. Now I'm back, connected to the Rupert Murdoch Empire and all is well again. The reason being we got, uh, you know, not that you care, but I got Sky fitted in the old flat. Uh, but something to do with a communal dish or they couldn't change it and it couldn't fit and it couldn't be done. And then COVID hit and nobody would come out. But the fucking junkies are having house parties. But one of the Sky boys kind of can run and fit a dish. Anyway, it's all sorted. Uh, a, a lovely little uh, Sky lesbian came out and uh, fitted it within a matter of hours. You know? Uh, she couldn't get up into the roof uh, to to sort out some wiring. Uh, apparently, the uh, the 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 latch on the hatch. I'm sure that's a kid's book. The latch on the hatch was broken, and she says, "This isn't the first time I've smashed the latch off a hatch." And I went, "I beg your pardon." And then she was in, like a fair up a drain pipe, and uh, sorted it. And now we're, we're living in a fucking sky Q world of joy. Every room in the house, man. Every room. I mean, no, every room in the house. You know, I've not gone in the kitchen. I'm not uh, Jeffrey Bezos. But the living room and the bedrooms. Oh, Sky Q did its box. Uh, this is not a paid sponsorship by Sky Q. However, if Sky Q want to sponsor the podcast, I mean, I'd be fucking surprised. You know? Anyway, um, slight delay to today's recording. This is actually the second attempt uh, because as we literally press record the first time, to get our rants and views out to the world, uh, the fucking plumbers turned up to fix my leaky tap. Not a euphemism, uh, actual tap was leaking. So we are now leak-free, uh, distraction-free, and ready to record. So I hope you're all safe and well. I, I don't know what's going on anymore on this planet, the place we call Earth. I don't know what's going on anymore. We are now, I think it's safe to say, buzz deep. Buzz deep in December, in December, um, quickly approaching the end of, the, of another year, 15th of December, and uh, I feel a, I feel as a bit as festive as a pair of fucking Bermuda shorts, although it uh, depends on how you look at that, Gibble, because uh, as we all know, Christmas time in Australia is their summer, so what you could be seeing is you feel a, a, like an, a, as festive as an Australian. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. I don't feel festive at all. The tree has been removed from the box. I have prized open the um, horrible texture of a, a fake plastic tree. Uh, pretty sure that was a Radiohead song. <laughs> Green plastic watering can. I love Radiohead, man. Not everyone's favourite, right? 
And I get it that a lot of it is, you know, slash your wrist, run a hot bath, and allow the blood to flow freely from your body. But I just think they're great, man. Tom York is a genius. You know? And he's 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 uh, he's one of the last great musicians from uh, from this country. I think so. Um, I like him because he's a bit mental. Uh, you know when Ozzy Osbourne bit the head off a bat, right? Uh, when he was going through some difficult times, I imagine. I wouldn't. I wouldn't surprise me if Tom York's done something similar. You know, maybe wrestled uh, a guinea pig. Head-butted uh, a weasel. You know, armed-wrestled uh, uh, a kangaroo. I don't know. He just looks he just looks like a wild man. But I also like him because uh, he he just does his own thing. You know? He's no, he's no constantly in the media. Uh, and he's maybe... Could, probably because he's not very pleasing on the eye. He's got that fucking dodgy eyeball as well. But, my God, can that man write us some tunes? Radiohead. Love them or hate them. They're amazing. And if you hate them, you're wrong. Gibble, we'll steer this one back. I can feel you going down a tangent. Steer it back. Um. So yes, everything's fine. Uh, the house is coming together. Got the tree out of the box. Uh, the good lady. Uh, she is. Uh, I mean, she's a graphic designer, but she has a wonderful eye for design. Um, I'm realizing now that my my job, as most men realize. When they get to a certain age, um, is just to, it's just to pay for things, you know. Not not in a bad way. Not certainly not in a manipulative, abusive way. <laughs> Let's be honest. We've been there in the past. Um, there's no real there's no real point in offering up an opinion because uh, you know you you really don't know what you're talking about. I like to think that I have a, an eye for design. Uh, you know, I've watched every episode of Escape to the Chateau. Uh, I know, I know that. I'm sure. Listen, see if you, if you've watched every episode of Escape to the Chateau on Channel Four with the uh, ever increasingly annoyance of Dick and Angela. Uh, two things about it: one, how does he eat with that face furniture? I have uh, an unkept beard at the moment. My my beard is getting out of hand. I I want it to be bigger. As she said, I'm trying to grow the beard out, but I always get to that point where if any if any men listen to this will know what I'm talking about. Or women, hey, it's 2021. Women can have a beard if they want. You get to a point where you're trying to grow it, but it's just it just becomes incredibly itchy, and you've either got to push through the itch again. That's what she said. Or you've got to uh, trim it back. Again, that's what she said. So I, I always give in and trim. And now I'm trying to push through. But what I've got is the uh, the side of my mouth, if you can imagine. The uh, the length of the uh, of the beard at this particular part is, uh, is, is unmanageable. And I'm going to have to get in and trim this bit because the amount of times when I'm eating the new and I'm just getting a mouthful of my own beard... Uh, I, w- I was chewing something last night and I was having to suck through my beard and then kind of put my finger in and hook, hook my own beard out my mouth so I could eat my dinner. Disgusting! But that's what we're at now. How the fuck does Dick eat his dinner? Huh? That could also be a children's book. Okay, kids, let's now all read 
how the fuck does Dickie eat dinner? <laughs> Gather round, children. Now, this is a wonderful book by David Williams, and it's entitled, How the Fuck Does Dickie Eat Dinner? Now, Dick has got a really big beard. Can we see that? Yes. How big's his beard? It's fucking massive. That's right, children. And he's got a massive, big, walrus-like moustache. Well done, Finley. Okay, page one. How the fuck does Dick eat his dinner? Dick is wanting to have pie beans and chips for his dinner. How the fuck does he eat his dinner? But how the fuck does he eat his dinner? I've, I've watched cooking shows in the past, obviously, and I've seen people with, with long beards kind of hold it, you know, as they eat soup or, or, or feed something in, but that, that tash being impossible. And two, as I said, if you've watched every episode, you are equally as qualified a designer as that woman, Angela. Right? As the series has gone on in that show, my tolerance of her has decreased almost to the point now where I find it difficult to even watch her on my screen. She fucking bugs the life at me. I don't know what it is. I don't know when it turned, but my God, it's turned. And I can't go back. She's fucking annoying. I think it might be the fact that there are a number of tradesmen who come in and do a fucking shit ton of backbreaking labour to restore that crumbling castle for her to pop up and put a stroke of paint, which isn't even paint, it's like fucking cat piss, dirt, and some fucking weird shit she bought off the internet to make it look aged as if it's been through the weather. Shut up! And she does one brush stroke and then does a fucking moving five-minute piece to camera about how she's worked really hard to restore this. She's like, you've not restored fuck all! You've not restored nothing! There's been fucking 16 men up scaffolding for four months fucking restoring it. Anyway. I wish I could control my anger. You know, I wish I could I wish I could push my anger towards other aspects of life rather than little things that fucking boil my piss. <laughs> so that show is I mean I love I love it. You know, because it's a wee bit of escapism. You like to think that if you had the money, you know, you'd buy a chateau and spend fucking seven years doing it up and then maybe you get your own Channel 4 show that probably pays you a couple of hundred grand a year and then it's free advertising for your business and just generating tons of fucking multi-millionaires and then you can use that money to restore your castle and it just continues and continues on, you know? It's a circle of life. Must be nice. Whereas most of us are knocking our fucking pan in to pay our bills. We are approaching Christmas, like I said. I do not feel festive at all. There is a garland up. I didn't know what that was. I thought it was a, a lassie's name. Um, We've got a garland. We've got a tree. I've got mere fucking baubles. Then I've got memories. The fucking baubles in this house. The missus knew can he, can he go to a shop without buying fuck. I just got these baubles. How many fucking baubles have we got? I think we need to bring back tinsel. And I imagine that there probably isn't anything in this planet that burns up more carbon than producing tinsel. No idea what tinsel is made of. No idea how you make tinsel. But I imagine it involves a lot of burning fossil fuels 
to create half a foot of tinsel. However it's done, whatever the process is, bring that back, man. There's not enough fucking tinsel at Christmas anymore. It's all designer, it's all bubbles, it's all colour screams. Just fucking bring back tinsel, man. 50p strands of shitty tinsel that if you even fart next to it, your fucking whole house would go up in flames. That's the kind of tat I want at Christmas. But, as I said, Mrs. Graphic Designer, eye for design. No doubt our tree will look fucking amazing, Instagrammable, as always. The biggest problem we've got this year is fucking fairy lights. Hello! Can't call them that anymore. It's uh, homosexual twinkly stars. Can I get fairy lights? For fucking love, Nermani. I felt I was in Dunelm, right? That is how far my my, uh, my quest for fairy lights has taken me. I was in Dunelm like a fucking junk bag man pleading, mate, I've got £200 cash, just gives one fucking fairy light. Nothing. If, if we could go back in time to the Brexit vote and say to those bastards in Middlesbrough who held that woman aloft like she was a prize at a fucking swingers contest and say, look, see in fucking six years' time, you know me, we get fairy lights. That should have been on the side of a bus. Fuck the NHS. Nobody gives a shit about that anyway. Fucking get too much money. <laughs> the NH the NH stress. The NH that's what they should rename it. The NH stress. It's a fucking nightmare work for the NHS, man. I fucking stressed out my box. We're in a hospital that's for sick people. That's where sick people go. That's where sick people go. I can't be the only one fucking getting pissed off with the NHS. I'm sick of the never-ending line of fuckers on the news. We're at our fucking wits end, man. Look, honest to God, every fucking bed's got a body in it. That's when beds are for. That's when hospital beds are for sick cunts. It's not for lying empty. It's to put a fucking sick bastard in the bed and for you to look after him. Or fucking kill him. He's been doing that for years and all. I mean, let's be honest, before COVID, it was a fucking 50-50 roll of the dice any if you were getting out of hospital alive in Scotland. Especially if you fucking disappeared into the new Southern General. Forget it! You would disappear in like a warren, your family couldn't find you. He's in ward 16, subsection 5, take lift 4 to floor 7, and then down the tunnel, and if you see the blue paint, you've gone too far. Good luck, he died on Tuesday. You fucking need chance of finding any cunt. <laughs> I can't be the only one who's thinking what the fuck are they doing in there we they, there is a chance the NHS will be overrun overrun by what dead bodies anyway Fairlights um, I should have put that on the side of the bus vote remain or your fairy lights will be no more. Now listen, I don't know if my fairy lights are stuck in the Suez Canal somewhere. I don't know, right? I, I'm not really clued up on the global supply chain of fairy lights. But all I know is, can I get fairy lights in a shop? Can I fuck? Now, some of you might be shouting at the radio. At the radio? What <laughs> Gibbo? What is this, the 80s? Some of you might be shouting at your uh, podcast player. Gibbo b and I know, I know, I know. I couldn't get fucking near B&M the other night 
because every junk bag was in there buying their Christmas presents and I just couldn't and I couldn't cope anymore and I had to get him. So I know I probably should go to B&M and I imagine I walk in and they've got a whole aisle dedicated to fairy lights. But as uh, I am a human being on the planet Earth uh, and I have gone to the only option to get anything now uh, is uh, Amazon. So they've been ordered and uh, Jeffrey Bezos' bum boys will be delivering them at some point today as we speak. But in fact, by the time we're finished, I could have a tree full of fairy lights. I don't know. Again, the, the process, apparently there's a strict process to tree decoration. As as a man, we wouldn't know this because a, a, a man, if we were charged with decorating the tree, we'd put the tree up, we'd fire all the baubles on and we'd fucking back it into a corner. Right? I'm not decorating a part of the tree that can't be seen. Why would I waste my time doing that? Some may call that lazy. Other people may call that, you know, smartly working. This is the difference between men and women. There'll always be a difference. Women will do a job properly. Men will find a way to get that job done quickly. <laughs> I made the mistake of saying, can we not start decorating? To which the response was, are you a fucking idiot? And I went, yes. Partly you need to put the lights on first and then the baubles. You know, so that was me talked. So once the lights turn up the tree, uh, decoration will begin. But maybe that'll make me feel festive because I tell you right now, I feel I do not feel festive at all. Sorry, I'm pausing. I've had a drink of coffee here before it goes stone cold. I was in <coughs> M&S food. Get me. Just for a wonder, buy some Percy pigs. You know, the usual. And I thought being around the Christmas stuff because uh, all the Christmas food's in, which I thought was a bit strange, considering that we are still, what, two weeks out? Two and a bit weeks? How fucking, how long is it to Christmas? Fucking hell. Week and a half? In the name of God. We're a week and a half out of Christmas, <clears throat> which is terrifying. So maybe it's, maybe it's no too late to have all the stuff in the shops. Go, well, what are you talking about? The cost of things this year, man, has blown my mind. The cost of food, Christmas food, blown my fucking mind. I was actually watching a thing on the news before I started recording this. Um, and it's just talking about the whole financial implications around Christmas. And I think this year, people it's hitting people harder than possibly the years gone by, maybe it's in particular last Christmas. Sorry for the long pause here, again, and swallowing on, on Mike. I think last Christmas was, <clears throat> what's the correct word, uh, a false start or a, a false promise for the uh, for the high street and for online retailers because I think after the year that we had in 2020 with the full lockdowns of COVID and the build up to Christmas and the uncertainty of you know where you would spend it who you could mix with that kind of thing I think people went all out last year and overdid it 
I think people overdid it in the volume of gifts that they bought, the money that they spent, probably the, on the day itself, food and drink, that kind of thing. And I think they did it for one or two reasons. One, I think people had money because a lot of people would have went through the furlough. And if people weren't furloughed, they were probably in a situation where they maybe weren't spending as much money as they were. I know a lot of people who actually saved quite a bit in 2020. I was not one of them. And so I think Christmas people kind of clung on to that as some kind of, you know, fucking fight for freedom. I will not let COVID ruin my Christmas. And they went mad. And as most of the retailers do, they're very, very fucking basic mathematics and, and projecting their figures when they go, well, last Christmas, if we, people spent £1 billion, then that means next Christmas they'll spend £5 billion. And it's a fucking load of nonsense, man. I could have told you in October. In the lead up to Christmas, there's not a fucking hope in hell that people will be spending the money that they spent last year. Not a fucking chance. So all this bullshit that you get on the news just now, about those people, the spending in the high schools is down because everyone's shopping online, they're not. It's not as if there is billions of pounds being spent online that could be spent in the high street. There's not money being spent because nobody's got any fucking money. Nobody has money. I imagine for many of you, like I, for the first time in a long time, very little will be spent at Christmas. The missus and I are no doing gifts. You know, we're, we're going to spend the money in the house. I mean, I'll have to buy her something because I'm no a fucking idiot. Every man, woman and child knows that if a woman says, you don't have to get me anything, I don't want anything, it means they still want something. But we'll know we're spending a lot at Christmas. Still got to get away in something because it's a legal requirement. It's Christmas is further away, you know. But it must be... At times like this, I just think it must be hellish if you are in the situation where you have a young family and they do not understand. They do not understand the value of money. Not in a bad way. Not in a negative way, not that they are high demands at Christmas, but they just don't understand the, the, the situation that their parents probably find themselves in, that you find yourself in. The stress that people must be under this year to produce a Christmas of a, of a standard that, and this, this is what it all comes down to as well, all this fucking social media bullshit, man. It's to produce a Christmas one fucking day that enables you to compare yourself with other fucking cunts online and that's it. The debt that people will put themselves in over Christmas is fucking madness. So that this um the, the the thing I was watching on the news before this was basically talking about the the cost around Christmas, the money in Christmas, right? And it's talking about people who are struggling to heat their homes, struggling to find money for gifts for their children, and struggling to find the money to have a Christmas dinner. And I was looking at two women, two single mothers, both of them who had two children, 
both of them earned twelve hundred pounds a month. That was the that was a salary. Now that those wages are from uh, part time jobs, and from what I understand, I don't know the, the technical term of it because again, I don't have it myself. But it's either like a working tax credit or some kind of credit or a benefit or uh, God, what's the th- fucking? You can't think of the day go child maintenance, whatever that may be in the UK or whatever the equivalent of that is in Scotland, right? That kind of thing. But their take home for both of them is £1,200 a month. And neither of these two single mothers can afford to live on that. Now, you may be listening to this thinking £1,200 a month is nothing. You may be listening to this thinking I don't even earn £1,200 a month. I would say £1,200 a month is probably about the average. I would say if you were in a position where you were earning £1,200 a month, you'd probably be quite happy with that. Now, you may be in a situation where you and your partner are both pulling in that. There's maybe three grand a month coming into the house and you probably still can't make ends meet. Or you're probably still worried about debt. Or you're probably still fucking up to your eyeballs and credit cards. But somehow you're then expected to pull out another, what, one? Two, three, five grand. Pull that out your ass, out of fucking thin air, in order to have a decent Christmas. And the the point of this article that was on, or the point of this piece that was on the news, was talking about what these women and other people, because it's it's not just single mothers. There's there's an endless number of people doing it who have a side hustle, an, another job, or something else that they do in order to, to generate money. Uh, one of the women uh, works part-time, so it's a second part-time job. And the other woman who was on the, 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 uh, the, the piece on, on, on the television actually buys stuff in either charity shops and either upcycles them or, or sells them on. So one of the things he was doing was like Marketplace and eBay to try and turn a profit. And when the woman was talking about it, she had said that anybody who knew her in her job, in her, in her normal day job, would, would never have known that she has to do these things. She was talking about times when she has gone without meals uh, because she has been unable to afford to feed her children and herself. She was joking. And again, humour is a great way you know, to deflect a lot of this stuff. She was joking that she had lost weight and that people who she worked with were commenting on it and saying, what is it you're doing? And again, you know, just making jokes or making up stories going, oh, I'm trying to eat healthy or I've been doing a bit more exercise. When the truth being that she's just not fucking eating. And this is probably a reality for a lot of us. Now, you might even be listening to me rabbiting on here and, and no think it's yourself, but there will have been occasions where I am sure almost everybody will have sacrifice something in order for their children to have what they need. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. I mean, that's, I imagine, what you would do if your children, of course you would. But how has this become the norm? How is this just the now the normal way to live? That everybody is expected to have another source of income. Everybody is now in a situation where we're all expected to have some kind of passive income, something that we do on top of our jobs 
in order that you can live. And th- this is not another channel, another revenue of income that enables you to live a, an extravagant life. This is another way for you to earn money just to fucking survive. And as, I, as I'm listening to it, and as I'm agreeing with what's been said, I'm thinking, how the fuck have they done this? How has the governments, the, the power, the 1%, the lizard people, whatever you want to call them, the media, how have they done it? That they have created an environment where this is just accepted, where we all accept now that on top of your 95, which isn't even a 95 anymore because you're probably working 10, 11 hours a fucking day, but the time you do your commute and get in there and get back, as well as keeping a house, as well as being a good dad, a good mum, a good brother, a good uncle, whatever. Spending time with them with your partner, spending time with friends, trying to live a life on top of all that, you're now trying to find another way in order to get some money in the house so you can turn your fucking heat on or have a big turkey at Christmas. And that has just been acceptable. That is now just accepted as the way of life. Instead of going, wait a minute here. How the fuck have we gone for this? In, in a short period of time, you have gone from the 60s, the 70s, arguably the 80s at a push where most people in this country would have been brought up and lived, survived and in many occasions thrived as in gone on holiday, enjoyed things in life with arguably one at a push one and a half salaries coming into the house and now we're in a situation where both your parents, sometimes even further, sometimes even children now working to to supplement the, the family income. And we still can't get by. I just I just find as I as I'm listening to that and I'm I'm listening to this woman talk about it and I and I completely understood what she was saying when she was talking about that no one in her day job knows that she does these extra things in order to generate money so that she can feed her kids and keep a roof over their head. And the the guy who was doing the interview asked her why she has never told anybody, and she said she was embarrassed. And I completely understand what she's saying. She felt embarrassed that she was unable to provide for her family, even though she is doing exactly that. She is providing as best she can, but yet somehow she still feels embarrassed. She feels embarrassed that she has to have another job. She feels embarrassed that she goes around charity shops and buys things online, upcycles them or upsells them. She feels embarrassed by that. Why? Why are people embarrassed about other things they do in order to survive? And all I can think of is because we have now put ourselves in a position where we have to continue to present this idea that everything's great, everything's wonderful, look at all the stuff I've covered, you know, keep it all turning over, Christmas is coming up, get the money for the wains, get the money for... It's fucking nonsense. It's nonsense, man. If we were all to cancel Christmas, you know, if we were just to cancel Christmas this year and just say, right, that's it, 
We're no buying shit we don't need. Nothing. Nobody's getting anything. We'll still have. We'll still have our dinner. We're no fucking men. We'll still have a Christmas dinner. I need my pigs and blankets for fuck's sake. I also did see a giant pig and blanket in Asda, and I nearly lost my fucking mind. Keep the dinner if you want. Keep the celebration. Spend a bit of money on that. Everything else, presents, gifts, all that, gone. For a year. What would happen? Nothing. You may get a couple of weddings rolling and greeting, but guess what? You set them down Christmas Day, you break the news that Santa's no real and they're going to have to get a job. They just fucking snap out of it. Two or three weeks go by, they forget all about it. What would happen? Nothing. Apart from we would probably save ourselves a bit of stress. It is, it is, I am quickly realising, and again, I, I'll say the point, I am lucky I don't have dependents, don't have children. You know, when that comes, I, I can't imagine the fucking stress I'll be under the podcast will probably be very different at that time. But it's quickly becoming, as I get older, I'm realising this is the most stressful time of the year. For people, the most stressful time of the year. And it doesn't fucking have to be. Even if I'm, I'm seeing the news and reading the news, you know, people worrying about heating their homes, people worrying about feeding their families, people embarrassed about how they supplement their income because they have to supplement their income because they can't afford to live on what is an average wage, if not above an average wage. Yet, the people who are in charge, the people who are arguably responsible for the situation we find ourselves in, break rules left, right and centre. Give their pals multi-billion pound contracts. Look after their own. Look after their own before they look after the people who put them there. Or the people who they are supposed to represent. They look after their own. What happens? Another election comes in, the Daily Mail will run a story about racism and immigration and England will vote the Tories back in again. And the circle of life continues. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> As we do uh, quickly approach Christmas, uh, it's impossible not to talk about the uh, Christmas music. I have avoided it quite a bit. Again, I think it's because I'm not feeling Christmassy. I think that's what it is. I do not feel festive in any way, shape or form. Again, moving house, uh, the festive period is the, is the you know, we'll, we'll remove any festive joy you have. Okay? Um, but Rab Gillen, Big Rab G, uh, had asked actually a couple of weeks ago, uh, if you could choose one Christmas song to be uh, banished forever, what would it be? And also, what is your favourite? Again, cracking question. It's one of those things that when it comes up or when it comes to that time of year, we know the kind of songs that are going to dominate our ear holes, right? Your Mariah Carey's of the world, right? Your, uh, what else? Your Slade. Oh, yeah. Sorry, your Slades, right? <clears throat> Now, it is amazing that no one in recent times 
has came up with a fucking belting Christmas song. Yes, you've got the darkness, don't let the bells end. I'll admit, an absolute beauty. Uh, and of course, who can forget uh, Sir Cliff with the Lord's Bear? Oh, Father, who are Hello, be mine. With his slow clap. Now, I don't know what uh, Sir Cliff Richard has been involved in. Uh, you know, obviously there's a bit of speculation. I don't know if uh, him and Silla Black were running the child brothel uh, or if he had a private charter to Epstein's Island. Who knows? Uh, I'm sure Jill Dando's involved there somehow. I don't know what Cliff's been up to. But that fucking Lord's Prayer was beyond words how horrific that the video everything about it horrific but yet it exists will that be the one i banish Mm, who knows so biggest selling we need to look at the big ones right biggest selling christmas song of all time now if you see if you were a musician like Mariah Carey, right? Is Mariah Carey a musician? No, she's a singer. But if you are Mariah Carey and you come up with that fucking Christmas banger, that is it. There is no other time of the year where if you had a song in relation to a, a festive holiday that you can just sit back and fucking watch those checks roll in. The money that Mariah Carey must earn from uh, those Christmas... In fact, Gibble, come on, do the usual. You're sitting in front of the fucking uh, Google here. How much money does Mariah Carey get every Christmas? Here we go. First Google search. Um, Apple says their average per play rate is one cent, while Spotify says... I don't give a fuck about that. Why am I reading that? How much does Mariah Carey earn every year? Here we go. Uh, how much does Mariah Carey make every Christmas? Uh, it's that time you blah, 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 blah. I'm not reading the fucking bullshit. How much does I The song All I Want for... All I Want for Christmas is... Sing it with me now. The song All I Want for Christmas has re-entered the top 200 on US iTunes and is climbing the charts after 20, 20 years. 20 years the song came out in the name of fuck. Uh, the song is established as a modern classic, correct, but the question is how much does she make, she being Mariah Carey, or the cat's mother, um, from the single every year. The songstress rakes in a whopping, wait for it, $50 million in royalties. Holy fucking shit. According to the New York Post, which comes to which comes to extra three million dollars per year into Mariah's bank. What the question is? How much does she make from the single every year? The songs just racks in a whopping fifty million dollars in royalties. According to the New York Post, which comes to which comes to extra three million into Mariah's bank account. I don't know what the fuck. That means because that's no proper English. I think somebody has missed a word out. Uh, the song, which written 
in the span of 50 minutes recording in 1994 has provided Mariah with $60 million between its inception and 2016. Mariah has earned millions during her career from record contracts and royalties. Oh my God. So what is she making? $3 million a year? $3 million every Christmas? Oh, that is horrendous, man. That is unbelievable. That's what you want. It's like that film about a boy in it. See if you had one Christmas banger. I mean, you would just release it, watch it go mad, and then every single year, just sit with your feet up and wait for those checks to come rolling in. Oh my God, can you imagine? Can you imagine writing one song? It just pays for the rest of your life. Imagine me writing one joke or one show. That's that's the best thing about comedy. It's the fucking the most real, truest art form that exists, and it's the hardest fucking art form there is because no comedian can write one joke or even a full special, a one-hour show. Not one comic in this planet can write a one-hour special that just pays them fucking three million dollars every single year. I don't think so. But it is amazing that no other band, no other musician, no other artist has come close. Yes, there'll be one or two, you know, Rage Against the Machine, classic Christmas number one. But there'll be none that are written specifically for Christmas. Even fucking Elton John and What's-His-Face, the fucking Ginger Goblin, were their one that's come out. Nobody's really that bothered. Nobody's really that bothered. He's got his spinach through going, I nearly killed Elton by fucking launching a bell at him. And even that's not got enough for us to care about it. It is surprising that nobody has really came out with a fucking Christmas banger. But then when the, this is the thing, when the classics are so good, you're, you're never going to compete with them. So let's look at this. Um, what is the best-selling Christmas song of all time? This is from our good friends at the Metro, of course, the greatest newspaper uh, in the UK. Uh, free, uh, free for a reason. The reason being, it's a lot of shite. Um, from all I want for Christmas is you, and Mariah Carey, to all the classics like Merry Xmas, Everybody by Slade. The same Christmas playlist is broken out every year. Correct. The biggest new Christmas song for twenty twenty one. Surely belongs to the Ginger Goblin Ed Sheeran, Surround John, nobody cares, teamed up to release a future classic, is that right, aye, called Merry Christmas, bollocks. The royalties are set to come rolling in, no doubt, and blah, 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 here we go. The biggest selling Christmas song of all time. Do you want to take a guess? Five seconds, shout out your answers. What do you think is the biggest selling Christmas song of all time? Shout now. You're wrong. Bing Crosby. That's right. The biggest selling Christmas song of all time is Bing Crosby. Big Bing. Bada Bing. The classic White Christmas. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Uh, slightly sinister tones when you realise that that was actually released for the clan. 
White, I'm joking. Um, Bing Crosby's classic White Christmas is not only the best-selling Christmas song, but the best-selling single of all time. Did not know that. Did not know that. Really? Even bigger than the uh, Crazy Frog? Or Tina Turner's Simply the Best? <laughs> I think not. Every lodge bought a thousand copies. 1942. Bing Crosby's White Christmas, written by Irvin Berling. Eh? and performed by Bing Crosby, has sold an estimated 50 million copies since its release. Uh, I thought more than that, if I'm honest. Uh, 1942 alone, the song spent 11 weeks at the top of the Billboard charts. That's sad. 11 weeks? It's nearly three months. So you're telling me they're into fucking March and Bing Crosby's White Christmas is still number one? The Billboard charts must have been shite in the 40s. Uh, it won an Oscar for Best Original Song for its part in the film Holiday Inn. When other versions of the song are factored in, including those by Frank Sinatra and Michael Bublé, White Christmas has sold an estimated 100 million copies and is listed as the biggest selling single worldwide of all time in the Girls Book of World Records. Must be true then. However, it has never reached number one in the UK despite a 2019 campaign by the Crosby family to get it back there. Back in 1977, it reached its peak position of number five. What's the biggest UK Christmas number one? Uh, in terms of UK Christmas number one, the biggest selling single is Banded. Do they know it's Christmas time? Feed the world. Did we feed the world? No. What did we feed? Corruption and arms dealers. Also, on a side tangent, whatever happened to fucking Ephron Musket, who's also been voted People's Person of the fucking of the Year? Who cares about that? Not I. What happened to Ephron? Eh? Again, the, the amount of fucking stuff that is happening in this planet that isn't spoke about is mad. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's trials on the new. Are you hearing about that in the news? Are you fuck? Are you fuck? It was all over the place. Eh? When it was Epstein, we got, oh, we've got the bastard. He's got a photograph in his house, a Bill Clinton in a dress, Prince Andrew's been shagging wains, Every fucking celebrity from here to Timbuktu has been on a private jet. We've got the list of names and it's going to be amazing. And then what happens? They killed the bastard. They were in his fucking cell and they hung the cunt. Eh? And they made out it was suicide and a lot of fucking nonsense because a very lot of extremely powerful people were just about to be listed as being fucking mad pedos. But that was all covered up and then Ghislaine get fucking arrested. And they went, we can't kill her, because we can't do that twice. And now she's on trial, and are you hearing anything about it? Are you fucking buggery? What happened to the list of names? What happened to the flight logs? What happened to all the UK celebrities? All the politicians? The members of the monarchy? What happened to people who are involved in American politics? Global leaders? What happened to them being listed? What were they doing in the sex island? Eh? How deep were they with Epstein? I don't know. What was happening with the trafficking cases? Just exactly what was Ghislaine Maxwell up to getting those young women over to that island? What was going on? Who knows? Not I and not you. Because will you hear anything about it? Well, you fuck. But you'll hear plenty about a Zoom quiz that happened at number 10. Who gives a fuck? Anyway, what happened to you from Musket? Remember he put that tweet to the guy from, is it from the who? Not the band, the World Health Organization. Or it might have been... Fucking, I don't know who it was. 
Is it Amnesty International? Anyway, somebody said it would uh, take $6 billion to solve world hunger. And Ephron Musket, after half a bottle of tequila and two fat joints, tweeted back going, Listen, cunt, if you can prove it's $6 billion, I will fucking chainsaw my sofa right now and give you $6 billion. And then what happened for that? Fuck all. Nothing. Because will it take $6 billion to, to solve world hunger? Probably not. It'll probably take $600 billion million. Do you know what else it'll take? A couple of bullets. Probably a few more wars. Nothing happened with that. The leader of a, of a charity, this whole purpose is there to, to solve world hunger. So is he talking shit? Who knows? Nothing's happened there. But in 1984, a song was released <laughs> that hoped to feed the world and feed it they did not. Uh, the charity single sold 3.82 million copies. Again, not that impressive. That is not impressive at all. It's less than the population of Scotland, which is fuck all. Is that it? That, that is really it. The biggest UK Christmas number one in history only sold 3.82 million copies. Now listen, I would love it if 3.82 million people were on my Patreon. I'd love it if even 0.2 million people were on my Patreon. But they'll know. But that is the biggest selling single of all time. Shite. Oh, according to the official charts, and is the only Christmas hit to sell over 3 million units. Again, very unimpressed. Do they know it's Christmas? Uh, has hit number one on another three uh, recordings in 89, 2004, and 2014. Well, not a Christmas song, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen has been the Christmas number one twice, 16 years apart, in 75 and 91, and has sold 2.62 million copies. Wings, Mother Can Tire, uh, the 1977 Christmas number one. My dog went out for a swim in the sea. My house is on fire. That one. 2.9 million copies. So you're telling me there's 2.9 million fuck nuggets out there who bought a copy of Wings, Mother Can Tire? You losers. Mary's Boy Child, Mary's Boy Child, 1.9 million copies by the Legends Boney M. Uh, 1978, Christmas number one, of course. And a further 1.19 million with uh, Harry Belfortone's version, which achieved the same feat in 1957. Don't care. Do not care. There you go, Bing Crosby. So if I am banning one Christmas song, for eternity. I love Mariah Carey, right? I love it. I I genuinely love it. And I love it because the same way that I love uh Dancing Queen by Abba, because as soon as it starts, within the first second of that song starting, you know exactly what it is, and it just lifts your spirits. You know? The same way when you hear that piano go you're like fucking yes right you're into it in the same way when Mariah starts you're like come on you know what you're getting 
I think if you're going to write a good Christmas song, you want that. You just want instant bang, straight in, you know what you're getting. All I Want For Christmas Is You definitely stays. Fairy Tale in New York by The Pokes definitely stays. One, because I think it's a good song. And two, because the controversy and the anger it brings up and the debates and the arguments at Christmas, that is what Christmas is about. Do they know it's Christmas Band-Aid? The original, yes. Any of the remakes, fuck it in the bin. Last Christmas by Wham, don't mind. Little Drummer Boy, Bing Crosby and David Bowie. Now, not a huge fan. Pa but you can't really put anything by David Bowie in the bin, so it stays. Merry Christmas, everyone, Slade. It's Christmas. Has to stay. Classic. Driving home for Christmas, Kiss Rhea. There's a chance it's getting banned. There's a chance it's getting banned. Right, now I'm reading this off a, off a list of great Christmas songs. There's a chance it's... Driving home for Christmas. No, I can't. I can't. It stays. It stays. It stays. What's next? Merry Christmas, everyone. Shaking Stevens. Oh. Oh, Shaking Stevens. Just because I think you're a bit of a pedo in that video. Oh, maybe. Maybe, right? That might need to go. I wish it could be Christmas every day by Wizard. That's fucking top three. It goes nowhere. Most wonderful time of the year, Andy Williams. It stays. I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. The Jackson 5. It stays. Oh, what else we got? Wonderful Christmas, Paul McCartney. Fuck, fuck off, Paul McCartney. Oh my God, stay another day by you, 17. Stay now, baby, if you got to go away. Don't think I can take the best day. Or won't you stay another day? What a tune, man! What a tune. If this was only the Sunday service... I'd be playing that song right now. Stay Another Day by E17 is a fucking classic. What a band. What a band. Alright, alright, everything's gonna be alright. One of the guys went off to become like some kind of wildlife conservationist and the other one overdosed in baked potatoes and fucking ran his cell over. What a band. What a story. And what a hit. Stay Another Day. E17. Often I've forgotten about classic. That's up there, man. Stay another day is up there, one of my favourites. Stay another day. Um, I wish it could be Christmas every day by Wizard. Merry Christmas, everybody, by Slade. And I think Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is you. That's my top four. In what order, I don't know. But if I'm banning one, as the question was from Robert Gillen, great question, Robert. If I'm banning one Christmas song forever, removed, does not exist, forgotten about, it's over. It can only be one. And that is Mistletoe and Wine by Cliff Richard. That's it. Mistletoe and Wine, children singing Christian rhymes. With lugs on the fire and gifts on the tree. Gifts on the tree. Time to rejoin in the data, baby. How big's your tree? How small are the gifts? Does it make sense, Cliff? Is this an instant or a skip? It's a skip for me. Certainly slows down the Christmas playlist. 
But it gives you a bit of a sleepy vibe. Ironically, it's probably not a good idea to paint it with a glass of wine unless you're planning on snoozing or having a fight with your partner. Mistletoe and wine, Cliff Richard, get in the fucking bin. You're banished. The shitest Christmas song of all time is that. Well, it's not really because it's the fucking Nuggets uh, fucking spunk baby or whatever they're called singing about sausage rolls. Those fucking two need to be melted down into candles or fucking made into sandbags. Get them to fuck. Never have a pair of talentless bastards existed that are given screen time anywhere. All of that, YouTube, Instagram, all of these people, get them in a fucking pit and please just remove yourself. But for me, amongst the music world, if you ask this, Mistletoe and Winecliffe Richards, that's it, there you go. Doesn't exist anymore, don't play it, don't don't ask about it. Uh, done. Mistletoe and Wine. Robert, if we're removing one, we're banning one. It's Cliff. I'm sorry, Sir Cliff, but, you know. Questions have been asked, mate. Questions have been asked and answers have been given. Right, that's it. We're at the end of the episode. Uh, thank you for listening, as always. If you don't uh, already, please do subscribe to the show, however you do it, Spotify, Acast, iTunes, that kind of thing. If you haven't, give it a five-star review and uh, leave some comments to help it move up the chart and be seen by others. Please do share it on your social medias. Uh, remember, December 19th, this Sunday coming up, hashtag live, last few tickets remaining, and then December 30th, I'm at the Classic Grand in Glasgow. Tickets are available for that. Go to bigscottgibson.com. Come and join me one last lap before the bells. Uh, it's going to be a great night. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for supporting the show. I will speak to all the Patreons on Sunday, and I will speak to you next Wednesday. Look after yourself. Stay safe. Get a vaccine. Get your booster. Wash your hands and your arsehole. I'll see you in a battlefield soon. Onwards. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.